Hello, everyone. It's Corporal Betts from the Wellness Unit, and this is the Anne Arundel County Police Department's Wellness Podcast. Each episode, we bring on members of our department to tackle one or more of our five wellers pillars, five <laughs> pillars of wellness. Wow, Mari's growing up today. In this episode, I am joined by Police Chaplain Jim Shiloh, who retired from our department back in 2020. In this episode, we're going to touch on psychological health, spiritual well-being, financial well-being, and family well-being. The only thing missing is physical physical health. Save that for another day. Jim, I thank you for coming on. And as I do in each episode, I'd like to start with everyone's background, basically. So if you don't mind, just telling us a little bit about your past career, um, kind of a, a biography of your life real quick. Right on. You got a long bio, but. That's it's, it's all good. How much time do we have? Um, it's, it's just a pleasure to be here this morning. Uh, gosh, my career really started back in 1986 when I joined the Marine Corps. Uh, spent four years in the Corps as a military police officer um, and then came to the Henry County Police Department in 90, where uh, the short version of the story is I spent the next 29 years and uh, finally knew that in uh, 2019 it was time to retire and hang it up. And then uh, I'm currently working at the Anne Arundel Medical Center as a trainer, as an educator down there. Awesome. So what are you doing in your, your spare time other than, than, uh, than working? <laughs> spare time? What's that? <laughs> um, so spare time, I'm married with a, a four-year-old and uh, I'll, I'll sweeten the pot. I got a 34-year-old also, for those of you who know my history. Um, but anyhow, we have a small farm in Pasadena. And so it's a business and we sell uh, farm fresh eggs, farm fresh produce. We'll harvest meat birds two times a year. And uh, we have a little CSA that we started this year. So uh, oh, it's... Wow. Uh, Awesome. Yeah, between uh, work, family, and farm, it's pretty busy. So what got you into farming? Is that something you've always done? Is that something that you find no. sort of like spiritual? Like well, there, there are definitely some spiritual sure. uh, avenues to that, you know, the shepherding aspect and taking care of the ground and, and everything that we've been given to steward. Uh, but it was really uh, when I met my wife, uh, we just started talking about what our life was going to look like. And that self-sustainable living was a, a theme in that. So uh, we came up with a vision and uh, started looking for the property. And uh, we found uh, some property in Pasadena, almost three acres. Oh, wow. And uh, it's perfect. That's pretty cool. Do you have solar panels? And we do have solar panels. Uh, it produces not fully. It's a grid tie <laughs> system. So we, we give it back to BG&E. We earn credit. It provides about 64% of our power. Wow. And uh, but we, uh, we have water reclamation when it works. And uh, water reclamation, I've yeah. never heard that term before. Yeah. Yeah. Reclaim the rainwater <laughs> okay. and use it for gardening. Okay. Right. Um, and uh, right on honeybees, everything. It's, wow. it's just a lot of fun. Wow, my wife would have a lot of questions for you. She wants bees, but I keep saying no. I mean, we have a quarter acre, and I mean, we have chickens, we have yeah. uh, seven, seven hens, and then uh, seven quail. So it is definitely a lot of fun to have you know animals to take care of. Um, definitely get a lot from that, other than just food, <laughs> right? On that's right. Um, so you're also a police chaplain. So when did you get into the, the chaplain program? Um, gosh, let's see. It is now July of 2021. Uh, fairly recently, I think it was this year, the conversation started last year. And then uh, I was asked and uh, talked to my wife about you know, what that commitment looks like. And it's not a, it's not a large commitment. Um, but, you know, as, as the position grows and as, you know, I find my way in, in this position and, uh, you know, what have you been doing as a police chaplain? Have you had a lot of involvement? Because it sounds like you are pretty busy. Yeah, um, out of the gate, I'd visit. I'm right down the street from Eastern District, so I, I poke in there a couple of times. Um, you know, because of late, I haven't. You know, there's, they have meetings during the day. Of course, I work during the day, 
you know, so it's just really, it's learning how I can best use my time that I do have uh, the most benefit sure. to give the benefit to the department the best, you know. Sure. Do you see anything, is there anything you'd like to do as a police chaplain that's not being done? Do you see a future for the program? Uh, I'm excited about the podcast. Uh, you know, my life experience, I, I've, I've I've been through quite a bit and I think uh, just being able to, uh, of course it comes down to relationships and being uh, willing and able to build relationships with uh, my brothers and sisters that are still, still, you know, doing the work. And so just being uh, available and uh, ready to build those relationships and be, to be a support, you know, it doesn't just have to be through faith, correct? It could just be like a, a mentor type of role and 100%. Help guide you through your career. Cause Absolutely. yeah, you made it, you made it through. You seem happy and healthy, and that's that's probably everyone's goal, right? Right. It's to do our time, you know, enjoy it, or you know, at least get through it health healthy, you right? Know? And then um, enjoy your retirement. That's um, right. Some retirements last longer than others, and um, so as again as a, a police chaplain, what exactly? are the roles for everybody this because there's, there's the, the primary yeah the pretty. primary purpose of the chaplain is to be there for the department the officers in the department to be a support uh that that's that's on its forefront and uh, how does that happen it happens in a number of different ways um you know the the goal really is that hopefully that we're going to be able to build relationships with the officers uh a relationship of trust and confidentiality so that they have a resource and ears to talk to and just reflect on life. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, about faith, but, it, you know, like you said, mentoring and just, uh, you know, my life is very transparent. So if you want to have a conversation, I'll share any portion of my life with you that I think is going to be a benefit to you and that you want to know about. Uh, the other support comes in and helping deal with some of those traumatic calls out there and being a support for our community and the families that are going through stuff as well. So, you know, however we can be a resource is really what it's meant to be. Yeah, it's great just to have extra extra support. I've been talking about that in a lot of the other podcasts and trying not to repeat myself, but gotta have that support system. And that's, that's what we're going to be getting into. So the main reason I wanted to bring you on the podcast is because you wrote, I don't know if you want to call it a statement, a reflection, an article, but basically what you wrote is something that every officer should hear. Um, originally, uh, Lieutenant Cox was maybe thinking of police all or coming on the podcast. I think sending out a police all email with this message doesn't do it justice. It's, it needs to be discussed. There's all kinds of different topics. I'm hoping that we have enough time to discuss <laughs> everything. This could be multiple podcasts, honestly, but this is just something that um, I really wanted to bring you in and to talk about it so everyone could hear it. So Jim, if you don't mind, can you go ahead and read? Absolutely. In the almost 34 years of service, both in the Marine Corps and then 29 years with the Anne Arundel County Police Department, there's been much change. To be honest, most I do not remember. The past I cannot change. The present is tomorrow's yesterday, and tomorrow isn't here quite yet. With all the uncertainty of life, it is paramount we structure foundational supports for our life. These supports are the non-negotiables. For me, it is my faith, my marriage, my family, in that specific order. In a world that is constantly changing, I find my Christian faith to be my primary rock. It is totally possible to allow other people's opinions and perceptions to sway that. But if I'm smart, I know and understand that this life is mine and I need to make it work to the best of my ability and those who I'm in relationship with. I'm not in my first marriage. Those who know me know my story. 
If you don't know and want to, let's chat over coffee or a beer. I found solace in my relationship with my wife. This is a choice I make. She is not perfect and neither am I, but I choose to focus on the benefits instead of the negatives. My family, I have a son and I have a daughter. My son, now man, has his own life, his own direction, and his own manner of living. But my daughter, who is four, is learning all of what her brother has already. How I love my wife will be a core memory for her to base her marriage on. How I love her will be how she seeks love from a man she sees fit to be in a relationship with. What I describe is not just my foundation, but really where I find my identity. I have had a marriage fail because I was married to the Marine Corps more than I was married to my wife. I have had a marriage fail because I worked more at earning money than I worked at loving my wife. These three pillars are my foundation and non-negotiables. I make no decisions that will potentially sacrifice any of these three. And I don't do that perfectly either. <laughs> why I do share all of this with you, I share it because it comes down to identity and why I do what I do and where I find my solace. Where do you? Is it in your uniform? Is it in your badge, your title, your work, your recognition? Is it in the laws you have sworn to enforce? The people you have sworn to protect? Or what used to be in place to provide a level of protection over you and your work? Or is your identity in something larger than yourself? A faith, a relationship, a purpose that brings you contentment despite uncertainty. These may very well be days where you are truly struggling, and quite honestly, rightly so. But regardless of the depth of your struggle, find someone to walk with you in the midst of it. It was a very dark night when I found myself sitting in the patrol car in my Marine Corps uniform, wearing my military police equipment, broken, broken because of my failing marriage. I had chosen to park underneath the United States flag in front of the headquarters building and was inspecting my handgun and the bullet I was contemplating using. The pain I felt was unbearable. As I am inspecting the Colt 45 in the round, I hear the voice of God tell me, she is not worth it. My grief lessened to a manageable level and I put my weapon away. I had no one but God. You may or may not have God, but you do have peer support, CIT, EAP, chaplains, including me. If these are dark, struggling days for you and you have feelings of uncertainty, please reach out and find someone to walk with you. You are worth the time and effort to seek solace in your life. And sometimes it means being intentional about making changes because it is never too late to change. Thank you for sharing that, Jim. Absolutely. That's some powerful stuff. And you're, you're putting it all out there. Like you said, you're not afraid to talk about what you've been through. It's very hard for a lot of us because we're very, very guarded as police. Yeah. Would you agree with that? A hundred percent. It's taken me, oh man, that was, I was in my early twenties when I was sitting underneath that, that flag and uh, gosh, how old am I now? 56. So uh, it, it's, it's finally, I mean, from my mid twenties to now, I mean, this is the first time it's really been put out there. I've had conversations with some folks, but sure. nothing no, to this degree. Absolutely. You know, that's probably something you don't want to, to bring up too much, but is it also something maybe that kind of helps you? It's, it's something that you've built off of. Um, I mean, I guess we'll get into it a little more in a little bit, but I, I kind of want to start from the beginning. So this quote, uh, the past I cannot change, the present is tomorrow's yesterday, and tomorrow isn't here quite yet. Is that your quote? Is that someone else's oh, that's, quote? That's just... Somebody may have said it before me, but I, <laughs> I don't know where that, you know, that's something I wrote down. So I didn't read it somewhere, you know, Okay. Yeah, I was just curious. Is there a meaning to it? Um, what exactly do you mean by it? Well, and 
you know, I, I think we need to have a vision and a direction that we're headed to, but I think we need to be flexible. We can't be so rigid in in our life that we we can't or are not willing to be flexible. I mean, the, the, this, there's so much uncertainty in today's life. I, I, the LOBR, um, Law Enforcement Bill of Rights, who I never would have thought, you know, and so that's kind of where I, I put down here, um, you know, in the laws that you were that were there to protect you. I mean, sure. and so that's a major change, uh, and it's easier to accept for some than others. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, we pay attention to those pillars and what our foundations are, those non-negotiables. Um, and then springboard off of that. Sure. Yeah. When I was reading, I was sort of, uh, this is what I've been dealing with lately is trying to live in the present, living in the moment, not getting caught up with yeah what happened yesterday, worrying about tomorrow. And then I was actually reading a, a quote. It was in regards to the future causes anxiety, whereas living in the moment is peace trying to find that inner peace is living in the present and just not, not thinking about too much about tomorrow and not too much about today. So it was pretty cool when I was reading that. Um, yeah. that that's what I got out of it. Um, but um, I like that, of course, and going into the, the next part, the uncertainty of life. So, yeah, we, we don't know all the time what tomorrow brings. You, know, you just go to work and something happens, whether right. it's a, a critical incident and you're staying late, you know. There's all kinds of different scenarios. So it's having these foundational supports. So for you listeners, just think about it real quick. What are your foundations? What are your foundational supports? So again, for Jim, it says it's your faith, your marriage, and your family in that order. Has it always been that way for you? No. I, I wouldn't even say that I was a Christian uh, when I was sitting underneath that flag in the Marine Corps. I mean, it was, it was, for me, it was a divine encounter. Um, and I didn't change right out of that either. It took me till my mid thirties. Uh, you know, when I really started digging into my faith and, sure. and, and helping to develop these, these, these pillars are something that's really been, um, I've, I've latched onto over the last couple of years. I mean, so it's a journey. Life is a journey. Mm -hmm. Um, it is far from perfect. Uh, you know, but, uh, you know, we work through, learn from our past and, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, with the pillars, I want to say it, the five pillars of wellness, uh, physical health, psychological health, spiritual well-being, financial well-being, family well-being. Those are all very important, and, and you're seeing it in this this write-up you you have. Um, those right in front of you. These are important things we need to follow. Um, yeah, moving on, um, it says, I find my Christian faith to be my primary rock. What exactly does that mean? Um, someone that might not be of faith might be like, well, what do you mean by that? Your rock, Christian faith. Well, it's um, even like, uh, gosh, what is the, uh, trying to think of the addiction program um, mm -hmm. out, out there. It says, you know, believing in something larger than yourself. Okay. Uh, you know, and, and for me, that's Jesus. For me, that's God. Um, you know, so, and that's, that's what's been working for me. Uh, you know, through the encounters that I've had through my life, and, uh, you know, and what I see and what I hear and how it's impacted me, uh, that's the direction that's taken me. And so, uh, you know, whether that's through uh, prayer and meditation, through reading the Bible and just learning how all of that, how I can take all of that and then apply that to my life and then walk that out. Um, so, yeah, that's that's great. Um, yeah, for me, uh, 
you got faith is, is big. Would you say Christian faith could fall under like the church, your church family, your pastor, or is it just you know, kind of overall? For me, it's community. community. Uh, you know, because that when you, coming into faith, it's a part of going to church and starting to develop sure. that community. Uh, and through that community, you really start to develop develop the support. Uh, when I, I was diagnosed with cancer years ago, back in 2014, and uh, you know, we heat primarily by firewood. Um, the cancer treatments and the surgery kind of really knocked me out. And so, I, you know. It was uh, the people that I work with on the department that came and stocked up the firewood and made sure everything was straight, made everything was good to go. I yeah. mean, and so uh, the farm that we have, everything that we have, uh, it's been through community support, you know, and by and large, most of that has developed through our faith. Uh, you know, it's the relationships that we've built. I call it circles of influence. And you don't need to have large circles of influence, but to have a true relationship in, in those circles is important. Yeah, community is such a broad term and there's different groups. But I think, yeah, when I first think of my community, it's, it's my church community. Um, so I started going, I found um, South Shore Church, shout out, um, <laughs> almost two years ago. And um, I just felt so welcomed when I when I went there. And um, I've created a lot of great uh, relationships with them. Um those that are married, not married. There's a lot of midshipmen that go there. So I've sort of been like an unofficial mentor. My wife's had a, a bigger role with them also. And um, but my main thing is yeah, you got to have that, that foundation, that support. And, um, and unfortunately, I mean, I've been with the department for almost 10 years and I think I've had more people from church over to my house for dinner than I have police officers. Right. It's, um, I don't like saying that, but I think it's mostly because police officers, what we all have different schedules. And so it's so hard to plan out and be like, all right, well, I'm on evenings, I'm on days. All right, I'm away for training for this. And it's just so hard to get together. Um, but you got to have those supports. Um, so go a little bit further down. It says you're not in your, your first marriage. Um, and this happens a lot with, I mean, with military, for police. Do you have any advice for anyone going through divorce now or that's it's kind of fresh goodness gracious yeah, it's, it's, um it was it was mm -hmm. oh it was my first divorce that really led me to that very dark night sitting underneath the flag uh quite honestly so i understand the pain i understand um the uncertainty that all of this brings uh the question and the doubt and uh you know so i think it's just, it really comes down and it's hard and it, it rolls easy off the lips and it comes out of the mouth easy to say, you just need to reach out to people, but that's, that's difficult to sure. do. Uh, Cause even on the department, you know, I've had friends um, that haven't made it that have uh, committed suicide and that, that's a painful thing. And uh, so what that, what does that mean for us? It's like, you know, I, I need to, put, it's, it's the season of life for me to put myself out there for my brothers and sisters. So, and make myself available. Um, but it's just not sitting back and waiting for that phone call. It's, it's getting out there and, and rubbing elbows and starting to build those relationships from my perspective. I need to be more intentional about that, you know, um, and being willing to share my life and be a support, a confidential support. Sure. You know, I'm a, I'm a mandatory reporter. You know, that's, that, that statement's still there, but I, I still have a good set of ears and a lot of life experience that, you know, you use the word mentor um, and, you know, whether that's a, a, a week of mentoring or months of mentoring or years of mentoring, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it really depends on the individual. And, sure. uh, 
No, that's great that you'd offer that because, yeah. yeah, whether you're, your marriage is struggling, it, it's already failed, or you're trying to pass it, then it's always good to have someone to talk to no matter what stage oh, you're I, in. I believe in counseling. I've been in and out of counseling for years, and that, that sounds that could have a negative connotation sure. and perception to it, you know, but we're really, we're not supposed to live life by ourselves or on our own. We're not islands unto ourselves. Um, and it's through that counseling that's really brought me to this point. You know, what exactly does counseling look like? What is counseling? If you're to break it down, it's looked different possible. things. Uh, you know, sometimes I've gone to uh, Christian counselors. There's other times I've gone to a more secular counselor, um, post cancer. Uh, you know, my wife and I needed to go to counseling in order to get back on track. It just totally derailed our marriage. I didn't, I don't want to say totally derailed our marriage, but our relationship was struggling. We just didn't, uh, we didn't have that chaos or that struggle to focus on anymore. And so we needed, uh, needed some help to get refocused and reconnected. And, uh, we, we called EAP through the police department. Um, and we chose an EAP counselor. We saw her like three, four times and it was great. That's awesome. And it was free. It's free. <laughs> yeah, the EAP. I mean, I've heard a lot of people kind of talk negatively about it, but it, maybe the first counselor didn't work. You know, try try another one. I mean, I recently had a concussion, and the first neurologist I saw did not click. He did not want to hear what happened. He did not care how I was feeling. It was just all right. Go get this test. Okay, it was negative. Now, what do you want from me? Right. And I was like, I don't know. I'm still having all these symptoms. So I went and found a new neurologist who was awesome and. Had me to go to physical therapy where I met lots of good um, physical therapists. That awesome. have, now I'm starting to see um, a change. But yeah, again, sometimes it doesn't work the first time. Yeah. So just be open-minded, but give it a try. So next I'd like to talk about identity. So with these foundations, I was talking about your finding your identity. Because yeah, it's not it's not through not always through your marriage. Um, mm -hmm. sometimes and it's not thing it's not through your work um it's not through finances so originally you said that you found your identity through the marine corps um where are you finding it now especially now that you're you're past police so what would you say you find your identity in in the in like the community you, okay I, I think um you know foundation if you look at the three pillars uh, you know i can um, faith, my faith walk is an ebb and a flow. It's stronger in some seasons than it is others. And if I were to be totally transparent, I'm, I'm not in the strongest season right now. And I think, uh, we it's, I'm, I'm willing, I think it's, it's healthier for me to be transparent, you know, uh, and, and to put that out there because a lot of times, even as police officers, we're very, we can be very introverted about our feelings. It's, it's perceived as a sense of weakness, maybe, or, you know, and we may, might not have that relationship with a person that we feel that comfortable with. Um, I haven't always. And that's why counseling has always been good for me because it's this outside person that doesn't really know me. Um, and I, I just had a, I felt safer with a person who didn't know me versus someone that I did know, uh, you know, and so, um, my identity, I, it was the Marine Corps. I, I was, I drank much more of the Marine Corps Kool-Aid than I ever cared to admit back in the day. You know, I didn't see it then, but I see it now, you know, and then, uh, that, that secondary money, you know, that moonlighting money, oh. it's, that's tempting, you know, and, um, most of the time, generally speaking, I mean, we, we live at, we live our means. And so if you make more money, you're going to spend more money. So it's just learning how to, and I, it, I, and I've learned this because, you know, I've also, 
filed bankruptcy back in the day. You know, I've had a foreclosure on a house. And so, um, you know, learning how to manage my money instead of my money managing me. And that, that's, uh, that takes, that's a challenge. That's hard. Sure. So what did you do to learn to manage? And what did Dave you Ramsey financial. Dave Ramsey. Oh yeah. yeah. Had to go through it twice. Okay. Uh, slow on the uptake, you know, and it's still, it's still a struggle, you know, but you just trying to be intentional and it's a process and it's a process that can take years mm -hmm. to, to, to dig out of. Um, but, and it's hard to start. That's the hard, that's the thing. It's hard to get started. Um, you know, but then, uh, and it's an ebb and a flow and it's never done perfectly, but you know, um, and it's, that's what worked for me. No, that's wow. Yeah. I mean, again, it's never too late to make changes. So if yeah, you're spending a lot and you have an expensive house, you have an expensive car, like those are just tangible things you can get rid of. You can downsize to a smaller house. Yeah. You know, if that's not making you happy and you're working more, like what's the point of having this, this thing, Yeah, you know? So trying to find that want versus need. Right. Uh, and there's an entitlement sometimes. And I felt entitled to the course of my career. You know, I'm out there, I'm putting my life on the line, you know, wearing a uniform, carrying a badge. Um, and there, there can be a sense of entitlement. I felt that sense of entitlement, you know, but as uh, fortunately as I've grown a little bit older, I've realized that and, and shifted my focus. Um, and that's, I think that helps with the pillars, you know, having that focus, um, something that's more solid. Sure. Especially if you're working overtime or you're getting drafted or, I don't know, you, you sign up for more than you, you bargained for yeah. as far as overtime. And, um, and you say, I deserve this. I deserve this item or I deserve this vacation. That's one of the most, one thing that can really get you held up. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. I see, I see it a lot with, some people but again never too late to make a change um yeah i downsized from a, a huge townhouse that was really expensive to a small house where now i have chicken <laughs> so, so small changes i'm not going to get into all that because yeah. we're running a little short on time now i kind of want to i want to get into that that night when you're in your police or yeah in your car at headquarters and um I quote, inspecting my handgun and the bullet I was contemplating using. I mean, what brought you to that that point? I was wrecked. Um, my in that process of that separation and divorce, I was wrecked absolutely. Um, and it's just uh, that that level of pain and uncertainty and not knowing what the future brings. Yeah. You know, um, I had a marriage, you know, and, and what I thought was love and I have a son and this whole thing and life had just fallen apart at the seams, just falling apart, yeah. you know, and uh, I've heard a lot of stories that, that are similar to where you had the handguns in your hand about to use it. Mm -hmm. I can think of in, in CIT uh, several cases that we had. It's sad to see, um, but it's, it's great to see that people are overcoming that because there, there's some that don't. I mean, looking at statistics I have in front of me so far this year, 81 police suicides. Mm. Last year, 174. 2019 was the most with 239. Those are these are all deaths that could easily have been avoidable. You know, just move move past what's going on. It's hard, but that's why you got to have these foundations, these pillars and build yourself up and it's, it's hard. It's hard to talk about. Sure. It took me, gosh, probably decades to the point where I was comfortable. And I started talking about it. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I'm more comfortable now being retired <laughs> because it was a pretty uncomfortable thing. So there's a, the, the stigma to it. Um, 
and that stigma lasted uh, 29 years, you know? And so it's, it's, it's tough. It's hard. Uh, but, uh, you know, for a time such as this, you know, if there's, if there's somebody out there that I can help, then that's, yeah. No. yeah. Well, again, thank you for sharing that. And here's another part that, that I love. So hear the voice of God tell you she is not worth it. And so you had God speak to you that night. Yeah. That's, that's so cool. Like I've heard other people that said God spoke to them or maybe the, the Holy Spirit showed them some sign, like something that's, that's visual. Like I've never had that experience. Like I've always wanted to, I've always had like those, those gut feelings. You know, I think that's, that's the Holy Spirit talking to me. And, um, that's, that's so neat. So how did that change you? God's talking to you. So after that, how did so you, you would have thought that, you know, I, it was a major life. It was a major life change, you know, but really with the, and I don't say this lightly, the only thing that really did was lessen my grief. I felt less grief, but I was still so steeped in my own pain. Um, it just wasn't to the depth where I was contemplating killing myself. Um, you know, I didn't become, um, a major church goer, you know, it didn't, you know, from, from a concept of a faith walk, it didn't, it didn't send me on a, on a strong faith walk. Uh, all it did was it really, um, kept me from killing myself really. Um, you know, all right. So God spoke to you and it didn't really have a huge impact on you at first, which, yeah, I still think that's, that's pretty wild. Um, I so can be how long, slow. <laughs> so how long did it take until you, your, I guess your faith really uh, became, became something or you started going to church? So I, I was probably in my mid, mid thirties, uh, 35, 36 years old. And then I always felt that tug. I always knew that there was something greater out there. I just didn't really know what it was. Um, started digging into uh, some different types of philosophies and things. And I mean, nothing really uh, got a hold of me. Um, it was a, a book of my third marriage uh, that uh, I wasn't even married yet, but uh, it was Rick Warren's Purpose Driven Life. Um, and that that book was what I was looking for uh, and filled uh, the hole, the gap that was in my heart. Wow. Um, sat on my pastor's couch, accepted Jesus. And my life hasn't been the same since. Um, hasn't been perfect um, <laughs> by any sense of the word. And there have been still some pretty tough days. Sure. Uh, but by and large, I know, uh, you know, I, I I know the end, you know, because it's, it's right there in scripture. And, uh, you know, Jesus doesn't promise us an easy life, no. but he does promise us something greater at the end. At the end. Yeah. yeah. So, um, ooh, sort of, man, you got so much you can, I can say off of what you, what you're talking about. <laughs> so many deep things. Um, how about someone that's maybe contemplating faith, but isn't quite there. Maybe they're thinking about going to church. What's your advice? to them um, about either finding a church or figuring out what to do other than just they should come talk to me <laughs> so I, just start knocking on some doors and just seeing yeah. you know i've i've heard it re referred to like finding the right seat on the bus uh, you know if you go to one church churches can be the most jacked up places in the world they're very judgy and uh, you know, it's just because I mean, there it's there are a bunch of broken people meeting in the same building. You know, trying to get figure this thing out called life, and uh, you know, it's just finding finding that right seat in the bus that's gonna that's gonna work for you, and just paying attention to that. Um, you know, start it definitely. It's just start reading. Um, you know, get a Bible and just start digging in. It's just start reading. Um, 
you know, like I said, I, I checked out some different things and I, this, this worked for me and, you know, I know it's truth. I know what's real. Uh, but you know, we just, and it was, I had to be willing and open to it. Um, and until I was really willing and open, that change didn't come. Sure. Yeah, because it can be very overwhelming to someone that's especially just trying to get into it. You're like looking at the Bible. It's so it's so thick. And right. then you go to church, they're throwing out different terms. And yeah, maybe there's judgmental people there. It's it's tough. But yeah, we're, we're all broken. My pastor loves to say, you're all sinners and I'm a sinner too. And yeah. it's like, well, yeah, I mean, we're not perfect. The only yeah. one that was perfect was, was Jesus. That's right. So, but yeah. Um, so again, other than... If you don't have faith, what do we have? You have peer support, CIT, EAP, chaplains. They got you. You have the wellness program. I was telling you a little bit about the, the wellness unit. We, we came out after you were retired, but just from our brief conversation beforehand, what do you think so far about the wellness program and, and the importance of one? Oh, man, it's it's a long time coming. It really probably should have had it years and years ago. You know, we focus, we have a tendency to focus on uh, – the wrong things in that level of importance. Uh, we are only going to be able to, uh, I mean, we're, we're jacked up ourselves. Some, you know, there are some officers out there that have been through some stuff that I couldn't even imagine, sure. you know, whether it's, you know, taking somebody's life or having somebody, you know, come at them and, and, you know, whether you've been, whether you've been shot or shot somebody or things that you've seen, I've seen some things that's taken me years to get through, but uh, you know, we need to, we need to focus foundationally. Our wellness has to be there. Uh, you know, how can we take care of other people if we can't really take care of ourselves? Um, and, uh, you know, and it's and it's hard. It's hard. You know, you're being drafted again, you know, and uh, and how does that impact your family when we when we say yes or have to say yes to something? We've got to say no to something else. There's a give and a take. Um, and we and it's and when you're in that position where you're always feeling that you're giving, giving, giving. Uh, and there's nothing that's coming back that that's uh, the scales are unbalanced. And yeah. I, I think as a department, we have a responsibility to help balance those scales because uh, our officers are the most valuable resource um, that we've got yeah. and we got to take care of them. Yeah. We don't want them to get burnt out and definitely don't want them to, to lead to these suicides to statistics. We definitely want to avoid that. Yeah. I mean, that's, but we got, yeah, take care of ourselves. So we take care of others. That's, that's big. It's huge. So yeah, you got many different supports, different foundations. Um, and ending it, it says, we can reach out to you. Please reach out and find someone to walk with you. You're worth the time and effort to seek solace in your life. And sometimes it means being intentional about making some changes because it is never too late to change. That's a big thing when I talk about wellness. It can be physical, psychological, financial, anything. It's never too late to change. You know, you haven't been working out since college or you haven't worked out since the academy. It's never, it's never too late. It's not a big deal. No one's going to judge you here. Like if you need help figuring out what to do in the gym, you got me. We started Pure Fitness. So I can work with you one-on-one. I go for rucks. You know, there's all kinds of different things we can do. You just got to, you got to let someone know because we don't always know what you're going through. So Jim, again, I'd like to thank you for coming on. It's some powerful material. Yeah, it's been a privilege. It really has been. I'd also like to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in. If you want to come on the podcast or know of anyone that might be interested, then let me know. Let's make it happen. Until next time, stay safe, stay well, and take care of yourself so that you can take care of others. Take care. <laughs>